Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. All right, Houston Nutt is on the podium with David Basil. Let's head inside here at the Little Rock Touchdown Club and check in on him. You did the right thing, David. Put Kenny Hatfield on the plaque. Yeah, the timing, the timing was right, and it's, uh, I'm so honored to play for Coach yeah. Hatfield. And uh, you know, obviously, you grew up, you know, I watching grew, this my, guy. My brothers, Dennis, I tell you, my brothers and I, we didn't go to Fayetteville, but my dad took four little boys to Arkansas Razorback games, and a lot of my friends would be in the background playing touch football during warmups. And my dad said, "Uh-uh, stay right here. We, our seats were in the end zone." So I watched my heroes come down that ramp. Kenny Hatfield, Jim Williams, Freddie Marshall, all those guys, John Britton, uh, Harry Jones. I can name them all. We don't have time. I can name them all. I know their height and weight. I knew them because I was told to sit there. And I was uh, learning at a very young age how to call those hogs. And uh, it was not, not a greater feeling in the world to walk around that stadium with my uncles and my brothers and people in red. And they were holding up two fingers and three fingers and four fingers. And I never will forget at the age of seven, Dad, what are they doing? They're holding up two fingers and three fingers. They want tickets. <laughs> I said, well, well, well do, we, do we have tickets? So yes, we got our end zone tickets. We just had our black Angus burger. I mean, that's living. <laughs> I mean, that's living right there. That's Al Herringer over at two. I left him out. I, I don't I want to leave any I of these Razorbacks yeah. out. Yeah. It's, it's tough. That's why I didn't want to start the. Yeah. Now, we'll say all these young men, you know, I was thinking like for me, Houston, I'm not from Arkansas. But I remember as a 16-year-old senior getting the papers, there was alumni down in Florida that would send me the Democrat in the Gazette. Two, not one, but two papers every day covering all the Razorbacks. And I thought, wow, if I could ever achieve a little bit of success as a Razorback, I thought maybe I could do more things in the community once I got through. And, um, and so bringing back to what it means to be a Razorback and be in this state is that it's not just about being the greatest athlete. Yeah. It's not. I wasn't the greatest athlete, but, but being an athlete, going what you guys have been through, it, it, it teaches you discipline and, and work ethic. And to look around this room and see some of these guys who, you know, they didn't, maybe didn't play in the NFL very long. You know, some of them got Super Bowl wings, Greg and others, but others didn't make it. So it's not about just football. Football ends pretty quickly for everybody. It's what you do after that. There's no question about it. I, I love football so much. I think it's the greatest game in the world. Now, Dennis will say basketball is. But it's football for me, and I love basketball too. But football, you're going to get knocked down, and that's okay. As long as you get back up. And you've got to keep getting back up. You're going to get knocked down. That's not the sin. The sin is if you stay down, you've got to get back up. And I really appreciate what you've done with all these awards, but especially this one, because it means so much. And it's like you said, it, it's about doing the little things right with a work ethic and an attitude and effort. Uh, somebody asked me outside, they go, do you think Houston is more appreciated now than when he was coaching? Well, I feel, feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to come back to Little Rock. It's I mean, always there, there was a time, because obviously things, you know, obviously oh, yeah. you, you went and coached somewhere else and right. was away from the state. Right. Uh, and did, did, it, did you miss that relationship that you had while you were gone and, and then talk about coming back? I know you started doing the radio show with us and you started hearing that love that people had for you and realized it was here. You know what a bad feeling is sometimes when you wake up and you realize you're in the visitor's dressing room and you're on another, you're putting on another helmet and it's almost, Coach Hatfield, it was rough, couldn't sleep all week and it was so hard to picture being in that visitor's locker room and coming out 
on the visitor side. And that's a tough feeling, really tough, because you grew up loving those hogs. And so that was difficult. But to answer your question, it's some of the greatest times. I really appreciate Ken Turner for recruiting me uh, under Frank Brawls. And uh, he, he was awesome. And I really apologize to his wife all the time because I waited after basketball season to sign because I wanted to go through basketball. And um, that was, I didn't realize what a difficult job I made on a coach to make him work all the way through March. And so I feel bad about that. Mostly bad for Kathy Turner, his wife. But um, I have some of the greatest feelings in the world in Arkansas, some of the greatest times. And it started at home with mom and dad, my brothers, Arkansas School of the Deaf, Little Rock Central. I have such pride about Little Rock Central. And then to be a Razorback, to watch all those players and to be able to play and then to be able to coach is awesome. And we had some great times. And we won a lot of good games. And there was, there was, a, there was some tough times. And that's what I'm talking about, about being able to go forward and keep going. And uh, that's when your family gets real, when things don't go so well. And um, you always you want to win. There's no doubt about it. But the greatest feeling in the world is like when I see these players like Grant Garrett, what kind of man he is, what kind of father he is. Anthony Lucas, not only an unbelievable player, Reggie Swinton, what he does with peewee teams, but what Anthony's doing with his team. I can go on and on. That's the greatest reward there is. They come back and say, hey, Coach Nutt, when you woke us up at 5.30 in the morning those Januarys <laughs> and you said these are the best days of your life and they looked at me like I was crazy. Then in August it was to be 110 heat index and I'd say these are the best days of your life. You get to be a Razorback and they'd look at me like I'm crazy. But I'm going to tell you something. Grant Garrett and Anthony Lucas and Reggie Swint and all these guys will tell you there's not a greater feeling in the world than a celebrated locker room, winning a game, and then after that, 10 years, 15, 20 years from now, they never forget that. You know, I was, uh, I was very honored. I played two years for Coach Hatfield. Lou Holtz recruited me. I played three years for him. And uh, both these guys could give great speeches. Of course, if, if Coach Holtz were here, Coach Hatfield, he'd say, of course I give the best. Uh, don't you forget about that Houston nut. Uh, but, uh, uh, but I will tell you, I think you can look. There's plenty of tape. You know, back in those days, Coach Hatfield, there was no no camera showing in the locker room showing you or Coach Holtz giving us a pep talk. Um, but when you decided to start coaching, you allowed coach, the cameras to come in. And Sully played in the intro about about a portion of that. But I want to show Matt. I want to show that Holtz. It's about 60 seconds. I think it's one of the greatest uh, speeches, pregame speeches ever. And for those that don't know, it's in the Frank Brewers complex back then, and there was a door behind it that goes up where the team would run out. Mm -hmm. And listen to the timing of the hall call in the background with what Houston is saying. Um, and uh, it is truly one of the best ever, Matt, if you will. Hey, folks. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. This is your home. You hear that? Teammates makes a play, I want to see Tina Cuttelli. 
Somebody makes a tackle and a big hit. I want to see Tim. Don't tell him. You play like the Racebacks, fellas. You're ready. You are ready. Physically and mentally, you're ready. We hit this field. We hit it better than anybody in the country. I want the defense on the left, offense on the right, and then all of a sudden we come in all together as one. Hey, sideline, you guys that are watching, that's your freshman. I want you to be the best cheerleaders in America. You help your teammates. Encourage. This is it, baby. This is the start. We come back to that night. It's one and over. Here we go. Right now, let's take the field. That was that was one number one. That was game one. Oh, I, I, I didn't see this. I'd seen this. Here we go. That, that, that is one fit used to nut right there. Look at there. Thanks, Turner. Good stuff. So, so when you see that, thanks, Matt. When you see that, what what sort of comes to mind when you? Uh, it's a great feeling, you know. It's a great. It's an honor and a privilege, you know, to be, be able to coach and come out with those guys, and because uh, I know the sacrifice they made, and I know the investment they made, and they had two tough years. Uh, Grant and them will tell you. Well, I met with those guys early on. That they they I knew they would do anything that we asked them to do. They were hard-nosed. Danny Ford had brought a lot of good players in there. Uh, but the basis of it was Arkansas. If you look at the line of scrimmage, it was Arkansas. If you look at all the way through uh, the line of scrimmage when they won big, I think Coach Hatfield will tell you, is there was an Arkansas nucleus. And it helped the Texas players. The Texas players, all of a sudden, when they got to Arkansas, they said, ooh, this means something a little bit special. I'm going to play a little bit harder. You may be a five-star, but all of a sudden that three-star – in Arkansas would take that four or five star from Texas and move his level up. So it gave me chills, you know, to, to come out in that, in that A on that field and, and all you wanted to do was uh, please and you wanted to win. Things have changed a little bit since you were there. Obviously, you know, the SEC now, get ready to add Texas and Oklahoma. Um, your thoughts on Arkansas's ability to compete financially with, with even tougher, it's already got the tougher schedule in America every year. Now you throw those two in. I don't know what our, I don't know what Oklahoma and Texas. I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> I don't. Somebody got to explain that to me. Oklahoma was making the Final Four in, in the Big Twelve. So you want to come over to the SEC? I know there's a big paycheck, but you better be careful. It's a it's a it's an unbelievable league. It's a superpower, and when everybody recruits right and everybody gets their players, it's it's it can be 60 minutes of a lot of headaches. But, um, you know, I, I, the thing I was talking to Coach Hatfield, the thing that bothers me, I'm all, I've always wanted players to have money. I wanted them to have movie money, gas money, food, extra. I wanted that. But the NIL, it, to me, is out of control. And I had a laundry check. I never will forget asking Ken Turner, Coach Turner, what's this $6.25 I got on the end of the month? It's a laundry check. <laughs> really? I took $2 for gas, $2 for burgers, $2 for movie. I felt like I was rich. I was fired up. And um, I want, that's what I thought cost of attendance was about. You get 5000 or so for a player. Uh, if, you, if you're eligible for Pell Grant, you get that. You don't have to take it back. You get all the foods you want. You get tutors. You get to play in great stadiums. What else do you want? And so now you add the NIL, and I'm thinking on the sideline as I'm watching this. Wow, NIL. 
So if I had Darren McFadden, he would be, let's see, he would probably have First Simmons Bank, right? <laughs> He'd probably have DQ, Dairy Queen. Yeah, I'll take him. I can go right down the line. He, he got what, but then what would happen on Monday, Peyton Hillis or Felix Jones would come in Danny Nuts' office and say, hey, can I do a deal? Can I go to Stevens and maybe do a, a meet and greet on off with that day? Can I, can I get a look? Sean Andrews or Jason Peters, who's still playing in the NFL, he may come to me, hey, coach, I'm blocking for these guys. Can I, can I have a, a deal? Yeah, I think it disrupts the locker room so much about it's not team. It's an individual thing now. And then you add that to recruiting and the promises. And all of a sudden, Simmons may say, hey, look, we paid for the guy of the five-star, but he's not playing. Can we move our money to the other guy who's starting? You know, there's a lot of scenarios you can get into. Then you add the transfer portal. I've helped players transfer when things aren't going right. I'd help them transfer. But now you have a bad scrimmage. Coach gets mad at you. I'm going to put my name in the transfer portal. So some of my research at CBS, I have to check out all the boxes of who's transferred where. If you look at the number of quarterbacks that transfer from one school to the other, you got to have a dictionary. you got to go through and study like, whoa. You know, so it's it's a different world. What do you think about Sam Pittman and his fit at Arkansas? You know, he's nine and four last year. This year, you know, five and five, but mm -hmm. two tough games to go and bowl eligibility in in the uh, in, in you know, obviously in play at that point. Yeah, you know, I've never met Coach Pittman, but just from the outside looking in, I love the way he's embraced Arkansas. I love the way he loves his players, and um, I, I know it's well, after last year, everybody gets excited. You win nine games, and then you have you get some people get hurt. And all of a sudden, it's not as nice. And this is where, you know, you just you got to hang in there. And um, as fans, sometimes you got to hang in there too. And most of you in this room, I know you do. And um, it's not easy. It's not easy. And uh, but hey, got two more games now. You got a chance. Let's go. Let's go get this bowl game. And let's go get this one this week in our backyard. Now, what I loved about the atmosphere Saturday at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock a.m. is pretty early. It's so always worried about at home game. I like to be on the road at 11 o'clock because they're not quite as juiced up. And we'd go take a shower and get ready. And uh, let's get our sleepies out of our eyes and let's get ready to compete. But at home, it was perfect because it's cold. Louisiana doesn't like cold. It's 28 degrees. You had to wipe off some snow, sweep the snow off. And so you, we had every opportunity. Uh, but hey, just keep fighting, keep recruiting. And, um, and I think, I think they'll be fine. It's, 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 you know, this game is speed. You know, you, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Perkins. You know, you gotta have an edge rusher. You gotta have a speed guy. And you gotta have a back. You gotta, you gotta have, it's, it's a constant uh, juggling act of keeping those players, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, cover corners. And now with offenses spreading you from sideline to sideline, you gotta have players that can play in space. You're talking about money, Coach. I can't remember because your your pay was public back then. Of course, back in those days, I think you put your phone number in the in the media guy. Could you imagine that today? No. Put your phone number no. in the media no. guy. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, but Coach, I you know I can remember the first Brules Award winner, Mickey Andrews, was making 150 thousand a year, and I don't know. Well, now coaches are making 10 million a year in college. Good or bad? It's because of TV. Well. <laughs> You know, I, I, think it, I think it's getting awfully tough because let's look at uh, Jimbo Fisher. He's making a lot of money. Now, what is, uh, do y'all think his fans feel good? 
Do y'all think he feels good going to bed at night? No, he doesn't. And so Maybe. It, it just adds, it just adds pressure. But you know, the ceilings never. The coaches can't help it. You know, one thing that Diana always hated was when they printed our salaries in the paper. They put it all out there. So I said, "Yep, we're in this fishbowl." And so, what's amazing is how quick is they 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 figure that up. So we're paying this guy so much a win. And so when Texas A&M sitting there at three, we're paying you what? We're paying you how much a, a win? It doesn't add up right. And so I tell you, I, I think it's a, it's a hard time, but that's just the way it is. That's not going away. It's probably going to keep going that way. It's going up. Uh, Keith, it also you mentioned it was Sam Pittman about recruiting. I mean, you, you recruited two the, two of the greatest to ever play, you know, Matt Jones and, and Darren McFadden, and just your, your memory of them being mm -hmm. Arkansas kids mm -hmm. and what they were able to do. Matt Jones was a phenomenal athlete at six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds, ran four three seven, and he didn't even have to stretch. <laughs> you know, he goes to a combine and the scouts were calling me. He says, "Hey, does Matt Jones does he ever stretch? Usually not. <laughs> He's ready. He's like a coon dog. You tell him to go. <laughs> tell him to go. You know, but uh, he was." Um, he, sometimes, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'd kind of get upset with him because I wanted him to go a little harder. You know, he was real cool. You know, he could handle everything, ice water in his veins. And every time we would play, a defensive coordinator, Joe Lee Dunn, I never will forget. I remember Lou Holtz, all these guys coming to midfield saying, I didn't know that guy was that fast because he didn't look that fast on film. He's faster than you think. He was such a difference yeah. maker, especially as a freshman in the seven overtime win. Yeah, we just sort of kicking back. He, he, and just, kept, he just kept, you know, <laughs> leaning back. I said, you all right? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and so uh, he, he was really, he's fun to watch. And then Darren McFadden, Danny did such a good job recruiting him because they're late. As you know, Darren McFadden could have gone Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, here they come, Texas. They're all coming to get him. But Danny did a great job with the family. And um, Darren really, deep down inside, always wanted to be a Razorback. That always helps. He always wanted to be a Razorback. But Darren was a home run hitter. And what I mean by that is, you get him to the second level, he's gone. And But what I loved about him was, on Sunday, we'd watch special teams first as a team. And he would come in and he would punch me. Watch my block. Watch my block. He wouldn't say, watch my run in front of the team. He'd say, watch my block. And on the kickoff return, he was the other, he was the other returnee, and he usually kicked away from him. They kicked it to Felix. That was a bad decision, too. <laughs> and, so, and so he would go block, and he, would, he wouldn't just block. He would block. Pancake. And I never will forget, um, I think it was either Urban Meyer or Phil Form. I couldn't remember. They said, uh, hey, coach. At the SEC spring meetings, they said, hey, Coach, we took that special teams play and showed our team. I said, which one, what are you talking about? That All-American number five, we showed our team this is what an All-American does. He blocks without the ball. He's not worried about carries. He's going to help his teammates. So that was, it was good. Uh, you know, you had some great wins, but I, I know I remember Coach Brules, you know, never watched the 69 game. Coach, I don't know if you watched. Any, we didn't lose too many, so I don't know if you watched them or not, but – I think back, obviously, the 98 Tennessee game was tough, and mm -hmm. I think about the Florida game, that you you got momentum. Do, do, do those things, do, 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 do the losses, mm -hmm. do they stand out in your mind? Do they seem to overtake maybe the wins? The, the uh, there, there's two losses that wake me up about every two weeks, two or three weeks, <laughs> two losses. Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and um, 
But what always bothers me about ESPN is a, we won uh, the following year, but they always played the highlight of the 1998 grant. They play that, and uh, in 99, we go to Fayetteville and win by the exact same score, but they don't want to play those highlights. And so uh, that was a this tremendous group that played so hard. It's a great win. And then uh, the other one is Florida in the championship, SEC championship. We outplayed them. Uh, the ball boy, my ball boy, I don't know if y'all realize, but we had ball boys on the other sideline. So at, in Atlanta, one of my ball boys came up to me and said, Coach, I got to talk to you. I said, well, hang on. I got to talk to the team. Hang on. He kept nudging me. Coach, I got to talk to you. And Urban Meyer had said, as he's walking off, my ball boy was there. He's coming to our dressing room as they crisscross. Urban Meyer say, we're getting out played. We're getting out coached. We're getting out hit. We're going to lose this game. He couldn't wait to tell me. Coach Urban Meyer said, well, you're, getting, you're out playing them. You're out hitting them. You're out smarting them. Coach, you're going to win this game. I said, okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. We've we got to go 30 more minutes, 30 more minutes. And sure enough, they faked a punt on the first series. Faked a punt, backed up on the minus 14. Faked a punt. Now, what you don't realize is they made a first down, but we stopped them. And that's when they punted, and they, the momentum changed on that, on that very play. That hurts you. You know, when I was up there with this, the honorary team captain um, this past week, my mother, she got a little emotional just reflecting and mm -hmm. thinking what it was like back in this back in 81. When Coach, back then we didn't even have a, a, a deck on each side. There was It didn't have an end zone. You could, look, you could see the mountains in right. the end zone. Right. Now you got this 72,000, you know, so you got fit millions of dollars. And, you know, War Memorial, you get one game every once in a while. Do you ever think back and just appreciate, remember going down Markham and, Buses driving, you know, oh. 80 miles an hour through that traffic and all the people up and down the, the sidewalk. And um, for me, Houston, I remember I want to play for that, that young man that's down in, you know, Helena or uh, Lake Village. It may never get to go, yeah. go to a game. I just remember the simplicity of being back there in the oh. good old days. You know, you didn't have every game televised. Uh, that, that's what we love. We loved uh, growing up in Little Rock, like we mentioned. We loved both stadiums, no question about it. But... Little Rock was, was to me, it was 55,000 people, and they were playing every play. And the people in the south and the east, they made it to Little Rock. It was hard to get to Fable because they didn't have the highway they have now. So it was really hard. But, boy, you're talking about chill bumps. You, you get out of that bus, you get on that bus, and you're going down. And, and I remember Danny and I and Marcus, and we'd be punching each other. They're here today. <laughs> These hogs are here today now. They're here, and they're lined up on West Markham, and they're banging on the bus. And we couldn't wait. We couldn't wait to get there. And to me, that's what it's about. Do, uh, do you, you think this program can 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 get to Atlanta again? Mm -hmm. A lot of tough. You mean they can compete? Should the fans have the expectations every few years for that to happen? What should the fans' expectations be? Here, here's the thing: it, it, it can't happen every year. It's hard to sustain in this league. It's hard. It can happen. You got to believe it. When you believe, you that's when you achieve. You you, you can do it. But it just takes, you know, you got to have a little bit of luck, stay healthy, get the right guys that want to be Razorbacks. Got to have speed. Got to have speed. Got to have toughness. Got to have character. What's on that plaque? Play one play. This, play, this best play, this play. You don't know which four or five plays will make a difference. You got to play each play hard. You got to have those kind of guys. Got to have a quarterback. Always got to have a quarterback. Got to have a point guard. When you got that, I really think with a great defense, difference makers at wide out tailback, always got to have linemen, great linemen. It can happen. Um, the last thing we'll do, I know there's some some family members here and coaches, but but your dad and mom, just talk mm -hmm. about what they meant to you and your yeah. family, your brothers. Uh, they're the best. They're the best. 
Um, uh, Arkansas School for the Deaf, three blocks, three blocks from where we lived. I couldn't understand why all the deaf kids kept coming to our house on weekends. I said, Mom, why do they keep coming knocking on the door? They want to see their coach. They've seen him all week. They want to come see their coach. So I don't know if y'all realize there's only one deaf school in each state. So Dennis and I, Danny, Dickey, we, our playgrounds were the deaf school. If it wasn't the deaf school, it was Little Rock Central or Plasky Heights, wherever we were at the time, Plasky Heights, Forsyth. But the deaf school, what I loved about that is at the age of four or five, they had to come to the deaf school, like a college. And so you, our playgrounds went, hey, Johnny, throw me the ball. You better have your eyes open. You better have your mind working. That ball is coming. Football, basketball, or baseball, that's, those are the three sports. And so it, they didn't, it didn't matter the color of your skin, Native American, African American, Asian, Mexican, as long as you could sign, you were in the family. And so not only I had that family, my mother taught English for 33 years. My dad was the basketball, football, track coach, and bus driver, and I was the gym rat that handed out the bologna sandwiches <laughs> after every game in that box, cardboard box, and I'll always be one left, one thick bologna sandwich. But it, it's the greatest days. You know, Manuel's uh, brother, James, played for my dad, him and Benny Fuller. Uh, Benny Fuller scored 102 points. I witnessed it at Eniole, Arkansas. And i never forget, uh, I told this last night, so Hatcher remembers it, but I, I never forget at age seven, I was sitting on that bench and I was watching my dad and these, he called timeout and he called it very abruptly. You know, there's a time you call timeout and there's a time, timeout, you know. And he met his five players on the basketball court. He went right to them so quick and he had them all lined up and he took two fingers and did that and he said, no sweat, no sweat. Went to the next guy, did his forehead like that. Went to the next guy, went to the third guy, no sweat. He finally got to Benny Fuller and he was wet of sweat. He said, how could you not sweat for him? That stuck with me. Your teammate better sweat for one another. You better give your all for one another. That's what we had a lot of, a lot of our Razorback teams. These guys had tough times. When we got there in 98, they had some tough times, but boy, they would sweat for one another. They would give for one another. And that, that to me, that you talk about mom and dad, that's where it started. You know, we, Sunday now we had to go to church. You know, we, my, I had the privilege of playing on a nut peewee team. And we'd go to Hoxie, we'd go to Tuckerville, we'd go to Fort Ice, Kingston. And we'd nut peewee, my brothers and cousins, we'd play before the nut brothers, you know. And we were pretty talented. We had to play it. We were third graders, fourth grade. We had to play the sixth and seventh graders because we were ahead of the schedule. Well, I never forget coming back from Tuckerman one night. We're driving back, get, about to get the little 311 rice, and my dad says, hey, Emma Jean, make sure if these boys are not, they're going to sleep in in the morning now. Let's, let's, let's just sleep in Sunday morning. My mom, she does her average thing, gravy, biscuits. It wasn't even, you know, cereal or automatic microwave. I mean, it's the real deal. When my mother, it's, it's gravy, biscuits, bacon, eggs. She's got it going. She's getting the roast ready for lunch after ch church. And the clothes, the Sunday school clothes were on our bed. I said, Mom. Dad said, we're sleeping in today. Mm, no, no we're, we're going to church. We're going to church. Doors are open. 
That's the only time my dad gave in to mom. Because dad ran the show. He ran the show. And I don't know, to just give you an idea, especially young people, my dad would go to Fordyce every other week to Fordyce to see our grandparents who were totally deaf. The four boys in the back, I was the oldest of four, and I don't know if y'all had brothers, but sometimes we'd get in a little scuffle. And we'd be driving along, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 like that. And he'd always ask the most important question. You want some more? <laughs> he didn't know anything about time out. I didn't want time out. You want belt out or this? That's it. So we had a strong disciplinarian running the show. We had mother as the foundation, a Christian background, and you better give effort. 